Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is Minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast, your favorite weekly games podcast. My name is Kerry Palmer, and I'm joined by Jeremy Ratatich. Hello. Hello, Jeremy. Kerry. This is important. I'm, I'm, For I, weeks now. I have an idea what this is going to be about. For weeks? How do you already have an idea? You don't know. I'm you, don't, sure, I'm, you don't know. I'm pretty sure I know. For weeks now, we've been following your, your exploits as you traverse... Australia. Yes, I do know what this from is. hither, hither and yon. But in this whole time, you haven't had a fridge. <laughs> it's so it's very true. Not okay. The, the whole time, it has been, it has been one month. You've had one for twenty four hours. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know, I know. But 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 whole time can can mean you know whole time doing the podcast. Whole time, like like it's it has been one month. I said the last few weeks. I know, I know, I know. I've I've not had a fridge for one month. Yes, yes, and I've not been. I've I've been occupying this dwelling for one month, but I've not been here for a month as I've been away. No, I've been describing it every now and then when people ask about the website and I'm like, oh yeah, Jeremy's doing all this stuff. I, I think I've said that like you you spent less time in your new place. Yeah. Like like, like than like most other places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this this last month. There was a period of time where I had spent more time that like that fortnight in Sydney than I had in my new home. <laughs> yeah. Um, more time in my, in my hotel than I had in, in my new home. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that is no longer the case. So how have the last 24 hours been for you then? Chilly. Um, no, the, <laughs> uh, good. I, I, I bought a bunch of, a bunch of perishables. Um, a, a, a bunch of like, uh, you know, I bought some juice. I bought some oat milk. I bought a bunch of veggies, some yogurt, oh, yeah. um, some cheese, um, you know, stuff you put in the fridge. Um, uh-huh. And what did I do? Gosh darn it. I put it in the fridge. Um and then I came home from work today, and it, it was quite warm today. Um, it was probably in like the high twenties, probably like twenty yeah, twenty six yeah, or thirty. So. Let's yeah. see what the phone says. But yeah, go on. Um, and uh, I I I picked up some more food on the way home, um, and put in the fridge. And then what I got out of the fridge, Kerry, was a cold can of Sprite. Ooh. Um, which I had put in there the, the, the night before. It's the stuff that you like, yeah, I mean, who doesn't do that? Except for the fact I haven't been able to. Um, uh-huh. So it's been really nice to have a nice, refreshing beverage. I haven't drunk juice in like a month because I haven't had anywhere to keep it. Like yep. I, I've been buying a juice every now and again. Like f- Yeah, but you can't keep like a two liter bottle because no, it's, no. it's fruit juice. Yeah, right? Um, so yeah, it's nice to be able to not have to think about what I need to cook or or ingredients that i need to buy and what i can and can't cook because i won't be able to keep the ingredients good enough um yep and it's been good to just be able to have it there yeah totally i'm, I'm very excited for you jeremy congratulations thank you thank you you finally I, moved in yeah i um i then had to uh run to the uh bunnings um because the where where the power outlet is in the in the fridge um cavity is uh, not in the right spot very well, and oh. so um, the fridge doesn't go in all the way. Um, so oh. I, I, I took like I went over to Bunnings and bought like a one meter extension cable just because it had a flat like yeah 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 the flat plug yeah so I bought and like that gave me a little bit more headroom um, uh, which is good 
Um, You're not going to stub your toe on your fridge as often. No, no. Um, And then I I also picked up some some additional uh, desk working materials, um, like some 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 paint and some sanding and some gap filler um, Mm. for the for the (laughs) soon to be used set. (laughs) Yes, the set. Yeah, whenever enabled set. Yeah, yeah. One day, one day we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, for the record, is that what you thought I was going to talk about? Yes. How did you know? You didn't know. <laughs> You're not that, uh, like, I know you, is what I mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not slick. You're not sly. <laughs> uh, well, everyone... Thank you for joining us. If you weren't aware, this is a games podcast. Yes. Uh, not that you'd know from the start of it, but we're, we're going to talk about games for the rest of the shows. Thank you for joining us. This is the Minimap cast, minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast. Uh, every week we go live on all podcast platforms every Wednesday with 24 hours of early access given to all of our wonderful patrons. More on that in just a second. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you tell your friends, give the show a positive rating wherever you listen to us. Uh, it helps out a huge amount with the show. And uh, it only takes a couple of seconds. If you want to get notified every time a new episode is released, you can follow us on the social media accounts. It's at MinimapAU on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where we are live every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time for the live recording of the Minimap cast. Uh, We're also on Blue Sky at minimap.com.au. That's the one. Yeah, which is like the website. Same same as the website. Put the website into Blue Sky and you'll get our Blue Sky account and not the website. It's weird. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, we wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv as the music for the Minimap cast. You can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Did you get your records, Jeremy? Did they all did they all arrive? Uh, I got to f- find one. <laughs> yeah, because the one was being sent while you were moving, right? So you yeah. don't know if it went to your old place? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I... I'm 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 in the process of, of figuring out what I need to do next. Yeah, it might okay. have just been like sent back. Um, Hopefully, which is which is fine. Yeah, uh, and finally, Minimap is completely independent and funded almost entirely out of our own pockets. So, if you'd like to help us keep the mics and lights on, you could do that by becoming one of our patrons. For only five dollars a month, you get twenty four hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap Cast. Uh, some extra bonus features we're cooking up. And more of those extra bonus features will be using the, the fabled set, which you can see part of behind Jeremy's shoulder right now if you're watching the video. Uh, so, yeah, you can find that over on patreon.com slash minimapau to help us out. And remember, it's cheaper than a latte with oat milk. It's also cheaper than a fridge. Uh, Much cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even, even, if it's, even if it's been years, it's still cheaper than a fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Jeremy... Uh, I don't. I don't know that we spoke about this prior to starting the show, but I was thinking maybe we, we do we do a bit of what I've been playing this week, and then we'll get into the the topic of the week. We'll sort of get that that smaller one out of the way, and then get into the meaty subject. Sure. Um, because we've got we've got a big topic this week. Um, there were some, there was a heavy heavy number of layoffs that 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 happened at Bungie this week. So we'll be getting into that as well as uh, some extra research Jeremy's been doing into the state of the industry this year, sort of as a the Bungie moment serving as a bit of a, a catalyzer for us to take stock of what this year has been for the industry. And we're going to, we're going to go into it all. If you like hearing me get angry, <laughs> then you're in for a train. <laughs> yeah. Great. 
buckle in, everybody. But before we get to that, uh, I'm here to update you all on my time with Alan Wake 2. Uh, it's not going to be a long uh, update because I honestly don't think I've played... I feel I like I've played about 10 hours, I think, but I think I've played it very slowly. Like, I think I might be a third of the way through a game, through the game. Maybe, maybe I hope it's not less than a third. Um, Cause that is going to be a 40 hour game at this, at this rate. Some people at um, once. Oh, that's, that's dire. That's dire to hear. I don't want to play Alan Wake 2 for 40 hours. Um, but I have been playing it for 10. I can tell you my thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you weren't aware, Alan Wake 2 is, Another game where you play as two protagonists, which we've, we've had like six of those in the last three years of big budget games that do that. Um, you play as an FBI agent, Saga Anderson, who says her name like an Australian every time. And it like, she doesn't say it like, uh, funnily enough, uh, Australian actor Hugo Weaving in The Matrix, where he goes, Mr. Anderson. You know, he gets he gets the he gets the R on the Andur, you know. Right, right. Saga says Anderson. Oh, right. Like I say it. Like like a flat R, Anderson. I, I do wonder if that's like a like a like that area like of Europe thing, right? Like a, they're in America though. Yeah, I know, but like you know, like how uh, how there's there's an Americanism in some pronunciations of like of some words when people yeah. from Europe say like speak in English. Um, I wonder if it's one of those things. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. it's, it's the only word I catch yeah, every right. time she introduces herself. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then the rest of it's just a fine American accent. Yeah, right. Anyway. So play half the game as Saga Anderson. Um, you play the other half of the game as Alan Wake. Uh, it's a very fascinating push and pull. It allows them to explore like Saga sort of plays in like the real world in a very similar way to, I think the first Alan Wake game. Um, really quick. Uh, Melanie Libbard, who is the, the actor for Saga. Um, she's British. Oh, okay. Okay. That, okay. There you go. Well, she does a great American accent except for when she says Anderson. So. Yeah. Right. Great. Um, and then, yeah, the other half of the time you play as Alan Wake, you're you are in the dark place, and you're and you're trying to remember what happened, um, and it's a very fuzzy, ethereal, intangible, dreamlike place. Um, uh, so what? The reason I say all of that with that preamble is to say that I've done the big first saga section of the game i've done the next big uh alan wake section of the game and finishing up that first alan wake section uh you get to a point where you can now swap back and forth between saga and alan at will um meaning you can you can play along as far as you want with saga until you get like stuck and then you need to go back to alan's um recollection to sort of piece together what you need to do or you can do like chapter by chapter you could trade off or whatever but um yeah, I only just got to the point where you can do that. Uh, it's very... I'm split on my opinion with this game. And I, 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 I said something to you earlier in the week and I messaged and I was talking to our friends and I was like, oh yeah, no, everyone, everyone's really liking LOA. That's why, why I got into it. And like, I don't love it. it, it, it <laughs> and, it's so funny. And it's you... that thing where I'm like, oh no, is it me? Am I the problem? Or is like, is everyone else wrong? Am I wrong? Am it, like, 
Not, my not my wrong. faith has been shattered. You know, but it's like it, it it's funny how you're like this with like I wanna say like at least the remedy games you've played. Um Yeah, that's a good point. Because control I, I never really dug. Yeah. But you're also like this. It, it's like I kind of akin this almost to how you feel about um what's the name of the studio? Arcane's games. Yeah. Like yeah, Critically, like when I play Deathloop and I and I like just like hate the input, yeah. the way they handle like controller inputs in that game. I'm like, uh. and it's like critically adored for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. like you know, like and also like similar, like occupying similar space in the industry where they're like they've been doing a thing for like yeah. for twenty years and they're, yeah, they're really like good at that. They're one thing. Um, and they've got their fans who have been and will be their fans for basically like forever. Yeah, um, and and they've had a couple of games that have spoken a bit louder to the general audience yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, Death Loops are really uh, a pertinent example, I think. Um, not Redfall, but uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm I'm discounting Redfall in that, but I mean, like you know, yeah, no, b- between course, those yeah. and yeah. Prey and Dishonored. Yeah. I don't know what they did before that, but yeah, all those, all them, all them ones. Um, Working on Valve games. <laughs> oh, were they? Yeah, they were going to make the third Half Life. Oh, you, you should watch that documentary. Their no clip is fucking incredible. Like they showed. Oh, that. arcane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They. Oh, th- okay. They show what that is. Their version of what episode three oh, was going to be, because by that point, really cool. like it had, everything had been done and their contracts were up. And they owned what they had made, and so, or it's a oh, right. So they can show it, right? Yeah, it's called. It's not Black Mesa, but I want to say it's got the word "black" in the name. Um, but it's also a, a rite of passage where, when you join Arcane, they make you play through that. Um, just like prior to like getting started, as like a like here's what we're about, sort of thing. Wow, that's intense. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, so yeah, I, I've been having a weird feeling about it. I, I jumped into a, uh, a discord or like a discord that I'm in and people have been talking about Alan Wake in one of the channels there. And, and I had a big whinge one night after I, I was failing in an encounter a lot you and were, I you, whinged and I whinged and I whinged. And you woke up and, and the discord was gone from your list and you'd been banned. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was funny cause I got to it the next day and I wasn't having the same issues and I was just like, okay, I just needed to whine about this a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, but the, the thing that, that made me whinge, the thing that I'm, that I'm finding the most friction with is the combat. I don't love it. And not from, I think like the, it's not a, it's not an arcane thing. I think the input's fine. I can aim fine, whatever. But there's, um, the first boss fight you do is like four or five hours in, but it's like your third total combat encounter in the entire game. And the other ones are really fast. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm in this like five minute boss fight. I died there like over and over and over and it was boring. And I didn't know what I was necessarily doing wrong because it was giving me a, like you've played this game for four or five hours boss. But again, I'd probably only done like three minutes of combat in the entire game prior to that. So it was, that was really aggravating. Um, and not long after that, I unlocked the Alan Wake sections. Um, Oh, there are also some wolf enemies that you fight as Saga that I, I just didn't enjoy. I just didn't understand, like, the rules of the game, really. Right. Like, but I, I thought that I did, but, like, it just wasn't feeling good. It was like, okay, this wolf's 
shrouded in shadow. So I need to blast it with my with my light. I need to do a burst or whatever they call it, focus. Um, and it like falls over. And I'm like, okay, well, it was keeping its distance because it's like a wolf or whatever. So it didn't feel the full effect of the light. And when I shoot it, it doesn't do as much damage because I'm not as close. So I run out of like all of my ammo and then it kills me. I'm like, okay, what the fuck happened? I thought I did the thing. I blast it, I shoot it. And I start again. And I'm like, maybe I need to blast it more up close. And I blast it and it like falls back out of range and I can't shoot it again. Or I try to get close and it tackles me to the ground because it like charges you. It, by the time it gets close, it charges you and you can't blast it out of its charge. And I'm like, oh, you fucking hell. Like dying and dying on this like one enemy. Like, so that was, that was frustrating. And then as Alan, here's the enemies that he fights in this dream world. They're like spectres. They're like black silhouettes mm. and they like they speak with like this otherworldly presence and they they say like vaguely confusing and confronting things because they're like manifestations of the dark presence or whatever yeah and so they're all like every time you there's one near you it's like alan it's like whoa and you focus on it if you get close to it and you're pointing your light at it but you're not like bursting it you're not charging it then they can like dissipate and like fade away and warp back into back out of reality, and that like saves your battery in your flashlight. Um, but like one in every ten of those phantoms is one that you need to burst down, which like breaks its shields, sh- breaks its shield, and reveals it to be a more corporeal but still dreamlike uh, um, uh, enemy. And they've got like an axe or a pipe; they're just miscellaneous human colors yep. and shape. The thing with them is that, A, you never know when they are or are not going to be real, especially if you're doing what I'm doing, which is getting close to them with the flashlight and not using battery power so to see whether they, they warp away. So every now and then I get up close to them and then it's real and they fucking hit me for a third of my health out of nowhere. Also, they they warp towards you. Like they they, they zip, zap, zoop, and they're, they're, they're there. They're right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. They could, they could take more than a full, like, revolver cartridge into their body you have to try and hit them in the head but if you do if you wait to try and get the headshot oftentimes that's enough time for them to start teleporting towards you you can only take like three hits and they have like three hit combos so if you get hit by the first one you can get comboed and so i was just finding myself i'd hit random normal encounters with like just two guys and I'd die over and over and over. And again, not so much this second night after I whined about it. I don't know what that's about. But when I was getting <laughs> you... Dark Souls ass logic of it. like, this boss is so difficult, what the hell? And you come back yeah, the next yeah, day, yeah. like, I beat it the first try. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's exactly that. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm glad I could interface with it a bit more. I, I was... And I can't just bump it down to story. It has difficulty modes. And like, if it if it gets on my nerves, I will be doing that. Like, like I have... I have been annoyed with this game enough to the point where I'm like I'm not going to fuss over it anymore after this it's just going to happen anyway all that being said is it's a it's a bit of a stumbling block on what has been quite an excellent storytelling survival horror horror experience Mm. um they're doing so many cool things in this game um a lot of great like multiple worlds stuff or maybe not even multiple worlds but um there's this thing that Alan does where you can like um, take a light source from from somewhere and place it in another one, and yeah. and it 
completely redefines the area like walls open like walls that were there stop like cease to be and then you can walk through when you either remove or or add the light and it changes different things it can you can give yourself a safe zone from the from the darkness enemies and and it's it's quite technically impressive it's quite visually impressive the 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 warping visual effects of the of the phantoms in the dark place is honestly really stunning because it's within this it's a very convincing photoreal effect inside this photoreal world but it's so uncanny it's so paranormal it's so unusual it's it's a really nice fine line that they've walked there so yeah i don't know if i'm in love with the story so far it's it's all it's all a bit um it feels a bit up its own butt because it's it's all about writing and and you're reading these passages and the passages define what's going on in front of you and and then you like change the thing and it's being edited by someone else maybe and it's like all this kind of stuff and, and it's part of the artifice of what the game is um but it means that the art that the writing that you're hearing in the game as part of the game world sometimes feels a bit trite and pretentious right but it is serving the story in that way. So it's not bad necessarily. Just sometimes I'm like, ah, Alan, I don't need to hear you wax poetic about the rain in fucking fake New York anymore. That's enough. It, 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 it's funny. I remember like one of the, like a very funny and like, like fair criticism of, of, of I think Alan Wake one and two is that, you know, the, the image of the, the guy screaming, like I know writers use subtext and they're cowards. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's like, like they've taken that, that image like that that joke yeah and um like like and like they wholeheartedly agree with it like the game is not subtle um and no Alan Wake one it, is also it, not it's subtle. trying to make you think it's like it's like deep writing but really it's the the surface level of the plot it is the plot yeah yeah and i think it's like it it both it both treats it as deep but also treats it as like over the top and ridiculous like it can it can toe that line um mm-hmm. control was a lot more um uh, not subtle, but like a little bit more subdued with how it was handling some of some of the like the narrative and its and its themes, where yeah. things were sort of coming a little bit more like a little bit more naturalistically. Whereas, um, Alan Wake is like this, like it's it's and like this has been said to death, but it's it's the same as a lot of like that Twin Peaks feeling thing, where like we're just gonna like lean really hard into um metaphor. To the point where, like, it's like it's just not even metaphor. Well, like anymore. it's it's just overt, or like to, yeah. to, to an extent. Um, yeah, which is like fun. I think it's fun. Um, it, it it depends on I think a little bit of what you're in the mood for. Because um, sometimes yep. if you're not in the mood for like, uh, you know, like man saying I am sad and then it rains. Um, mm. Then that's like then that can be a little bit like okay I get it even though the game knows that you get it and is yeah. leaning yeah it, it's yeah so if you're not in the mood yeah, it's for just that, that yeah it's just the kind of thing where I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like another sentence start of like Alan looked into the subway and he saw the and he saw the subway car was closed he had to find some way around it it's like yeah yeah all right guys yeah it's like, yeah yeah <laughs> there was something in the darkness the dark place it's like. Yes, I know. <laughs> and and while that's like corny, like I think I still prefer that than um yeah. than a lot of other like like because the other side of that right is the stuff that's like like a, 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 like a most recent example for me was was Spider-Man 2 
which is like Peter walking around monologuing to himself about items that he's picking up and being like, oh yeah, I remember this holiday that I had with Aunt May when I was seven. Man, those were the days. And then like putting it down. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, this sucks. <laughs> um, only because like that's not giving me almost anything. Like, like that gives me, yeah. like you saying that gives me the exact same amount as me picking this up and then him looking at it and putting it down. Like yeah. I don't need the the dialogue. You're watching someone experience a memory. Yeah. Well, like I like I'm I'm listening to someone tell me the memory that they are also showing me. When yeah. you can just show it to me. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's not a. It's not a. It's not necessarily even like a, a like something that would like take away points from it. If I was reviewing it, kind of thing. It's just you know at a point it's like okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe it's time to go be saga for a moment now. Sure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been funny doing that. I, once again, I said something similar to this last week where I said, I absolutely love that Max Payne's voice actor is in this and it just seems to be like on call for remedy and will be in any remedy project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got a different role in this game inside of Alan Wake's universe because in Saga's experience, Alex Casey is a real person. Yeah who happens to look and sound exactly like the manifestation of Alex Casey in The Dark Place for Alan, which who is the the character of his best-selling detective series called Alex Casey. And so then he gets to do all of that Max Payne, dark, poetic nonsense speak in The Dark Place that, like, Alan finds clues that he was there and, he's, and that deep, gravelly, gruff voice talking absolute poetry that goes nowhere it's so circuitous i'm like i could listen to that all day yeah all day and i'm so glad it's there and then you and then you come back out to like reality with saga and he just talks like a normal person with that voice and it's like this is really really fun and different and i'm really enjoying it the um he's in control as well um yeah 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 he's the he's the previous head of the bureau yeah 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 yeah, it, it, he, I think he he works well in this role because like I, the the thing I knew him best from before this was Max Payne three. Sure, um, I played one and two, but like it wasn't the same performance. And three, he's so like depressed and dysfunctional and not happy and bad. Like, and it's such a great performance from him in that game. Um, and to to feel that similar but different vibe here is is very fun. It's mm. very good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my Alan Wake vibes. Um, I'm excited to get more into it, but yeah, it's it's not the thing I I jump to every night to play. You know, I'm thinking about it, but I'm also like that friction has kept me from like playing it every night. I guess right. So that's it for what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's been playing some stuff, but nothing nothing groundbreaking. Nothing we haven't spoken about already. Yeah, well, like like yeah, like I've I've played like I I I started shoes on last night um but i've oh cool like I, I haven't gone up to where i got up to in the demo yet um because the demo was just the first like chunk of the game um but my understanding is that it's like a four hour game so i'll, I'll probably beat it between now and next week oh, so I, it's I can... only that long that is very good to know and yeah it's only that long and it's on game pass um so like it's it's just real easy for me to just jump in and do it um yeah. uh but yeah like i said I've, I've only basically got my demo experience for that so far Yep, yep, and you've also been playing more Mario, but we've done a whole thing on Mario. Yeah, yeah, like I'm, 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 I'm real close to the end on that. Like I've got about a world left. 
Um, still fucking adore it. I th- I think you should keep playing it. I know that like. Oh, I'm not. I I haven't decided to put it down. You know, it's just the kind of thing of like. Oh my my! I don't know what's happened to my screen. It's normal <laughs> on Discord, but it's not yeah, normal in OBS. Yeah, um, uh, it's uh, I have you know, it's it's kind of the Skyrim thing, right? I haven't decided to put it down and not come back i just have put it down and haven't gone back yet so so like i I, I fully intend to go back like like i definitely recommend getting to like world three and four um because it like there's a little bit more freedom with what you can do um you get to like once you get to once you finish world four world five six and seven um they could they 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 let you choose which one you want to go to at any point um so you can just like do a little bit here do a little bit there do a little bit there and like the so there's a little bit more immediate variety. We're like, oh, I don't want to do this world right now. I'm just going to go do oh, the other yeah, one. Yeah, no, but I wasn't I wasn't finding that. I was just like, at some point I was just over playing a 2D Mario game. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, I want to do something else. Um, like the, the last time I was playing it. I, I was enjoying it. Like I beat the second world. I'll, I'll get back to it. Mm. So that brings us neatly yeah. to, I would say... A uh, news item that dominated the the news cycle and the industry last week, which yes. is mass layoffs at Bungie. Now you've been you've been preparing for this topic during the day, so I'll, I'll let you sort of steer the ship here. But I figured maybe we talk about Bungie a bit, have a break, and then talk about like the wider industry afterward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, take it away, Jeremy. What what have you got for us? So Bungie experienced uh, experience Bungie the company. Um, the mm-hmm. leadership at Bungie has um, made the decision to lay off um, close to 100 people. Um, uh, the this the, it was really messy. So so uh, Bungie, as a company, um, missed their targeted financials. Um, yeah, their projections. Their projections. Um, Making something of 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 only forty five percent of what they expected to make um, is is the the under the understanding that we have that 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 is where they expected to be and where they hit um, was very very far apart. So they had to um, effective uh, immediately last week um, mm. lay off a hundred people um, over a few days um, and. There have been reports from people like Schreier over at um, uh, Bloomberg. Bloomberg, thank you. Um, and 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 same with Tassie as well um, at Forbes. That uh, on top of this, um, they've also delayed um, both the final shape, which is the going to be the final expansion for Destiny Two. Um, and uh, they haven't said it's going to be the final expansion. They said it's the final. It's the final. It, it's the final part of the story for their current Destiny saga. It's going to be the final expansion. They haven't it said it is looking more and more now that it is that. But before before this all came down, it was not meant to be the final bit of Destiny content. I I think it probably would have been. I think it, it's not what they've been saying. They've specifically said there will be doing there will be more stuff afterwards in Destiny two or just more Destiny. Yes. Okay, all right. Well, I think that was very bold of them to consider, um, especially considering the name of that <laughs> um, uh, expansion. Yeah, they said it's the end of the current story, and there will be more afterwards. Right. Um, uh, they, yeah, so the, that expansion and also Marathon, um, their, mm. their next big project, um, their extraction shooter. Yes. Um, they have both 
there are reports out there that um, they are being delayed. There has still been no word on if they, if it has been delayed. They have not officially yeah. said it, um, which is wild considering that everybody else has. Um, well, yeah, and it's like it's the it was the same reports that Schreier and Tassie were getting from their sources and from like Twitter yeah. of people saying I'm getting fired, and also the final shape has been delayed, and like. Yeah, like I, I, people were definitely fired, and they haven't confirmed the delays. And it's like, well, we know, like we know one of these is true, and they went hand in hand. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not saying those people who have said that they will let go have also announced that that that, that they are being delayed, that the things are being delayed. I don't think they said that outwardly, um, but mm. uh, yeah, that that delay is probably going to be coming soon. Um, so, the, like, the way this was done is like was absolutely fucking dreadful across the board. Um, people were being like, there was like two days of layoffs. Yeah. Um, at least. Um, Bungie hadn't put out a statement until like four days later. Um, it was but like the CEO had tweeted prior. Hadn't they? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Like Pete Parsons had, 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 you know, said shit on Twitter about how like, um, we have the right people yeah, to make yeah, destiny something. Yeah, or, we now have the right employees working on the project, and also like calling Bungie a family, which is you know like if 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 a CEO, if a boss, if a boss ever says we're like a family, run, because that is code for uh, we are going to use your feelings towards people that you have here to yeah. uh, make you feel like you're obliged to do work that you might not might not necessarily be paid for um and we know that that's a that's the culture that they cultivate over there at Bungie of it being a family yes um and it's 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 a thing a lot of a lot of companies a lot of workplaces say um and it's 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 a very easy way to to try and bring camaraderie to people um but it always does it in a way that definitely benefits the company and very rarely benefits the actual employees themselves um so I think it's worth pointing out your workplace is not your family and it never will be. Um, Bungie's uh, decision to do all of this and then not put out a statement for, for quite a while and also have your CEO just be tweeting and have your statement be like the, some of the like most hideous PR speak um, while people have lost their jobs. Um, it like the whole thing is, is shit. Um, and all of this, it comes from their projections. You've muted yourself. Oh, I have to, <laughs> I was saying, um, uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I said it so clearly. I was like that layoffs are always bad, but this was particularly bad is what I said. Totally. The layoffs this in this case were due to the fact that the leadership at a company like Bungie completely fucked up their projections. Mm. They made... Um, w- when you have projections like this, like 40, hitting 45% of your projections mm. is so bad. And the buck needs to stop with the, with the people at the top when it comes to stuff like this because you fucked up at that point. None yeah, of the people totally. working there who were just employees were the ones that fucked up. It's not like that they didn't work hard enough or work well enough to make the company hit 45%. 
when you're hitting 45%, when you're not, when you're uh, missing your target and only hitting 45% of that target, then that's a failure of the fucking target to not understand where you're actually going to be by the end of the quarter or year or reporting period. Bungie know what bad years look like. They've been, they've had bad years in the past. Mm-hmm. The, the most recent expansion obviously didn't hit very well. It like the And they've been um, not getting as many players into the game as they want. I don't think that they have increased... With each subsequent season. With it, yeah, to- yeah, totally. The seasons following uh, Lightfall um, and Lightfall itself weren't great. But you don't then point to that and then say, we'd only hit 45% of our target... And now we've got the right people working on the project. It, it, it yeah. is just f- like so fucking rude. And on top of that, Marathon has to be pushed back by a year now. And everything we've heard about the internals of that game and how it's been received have been really bad. Every, oh, right. Yeah, like as in like something along the lines of like, this is a really bad like game mode. Um, I'll, 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 try and, I'll try and pull it up, but like... Yeah, it's things are not looking good over there. I did hear a bit of scuttlebutt as this was breaking. It's been so piecemeal. So like, you know, Tassie tweeting something about something he heard on one day, you know, like, and so uh, this isn't necessarily fact, um, but something I did hear was, was these projections were partly made. It seemed to have been made to like impress or like appease Sony like ahead of time. So they, they just, they came in with super super bullish projections just to like look impressive yeah and to get bought right yeah well i mean well, these, like theoretically to... these projections should have happened after they were bought because it was when they were bought around the time witch queen came out um so it was an entire they were they were under sony for an entire year before lightfall came out they should have well i, I, I don't think it's i don't think it's one-to-one because i think it was like intent to buy and then when they're actually bought is later right there's like a there was like six or oh, eight. That's true. There was like six or eight months while that was happening because it was happening at the same time the trial was going on. Um, uh, oh yeah, finalized in July. You're right, yeah. but still, that's that's um, you know, if they're talking about it in Feb and it finalized in July, that's through to February. That's more than half a year. I, yeah, so I guess those projections could have been done ahead of time, but still, yeah. Um, yeah, especially when when part of the acquisition money was especially lined lined out to make sure that they didn't have to have any redundancies within the company. Like that's what part of the the buyout was for. And like to help with employee retention. And and on top of that, they've let go of people like um their like their entire composing team from my my understanding is like like the the two main composers, one of them that has been there for like 15 years or something since Halo. Since Halo um is now gone. Um Liana and he's done excellent stuff. Excellent, excellent soundtracks. Some yeah. of the best in games every time. Liana Rupert, who was one of the community managers and sort of the face of the community of that game was also let go. And so now there's a tremendous amount of player trust that has been deteriorated at the same time. Mm-hmm. The, the, the sentiment around the game, just like online on social media, is has, you know, pitfalled considering that now everyone's going like, well it's now been pushed back and also you're like hemorrhaging, well, like you're, you're laying off a bunch of staff. And so like, I don't really feel excited about this anymore. Um, and the, 
the the so there was an article that came out of Windows Central um, called Destiny Two Streamer says Bungie held a marathon gameplay summit for FPS players, but nobody was interested. Um, <laughs> uh, reportedly, no one raised their hand when asked if they'd play marathon if if it came out tomorrow. Um, a second trusted content creator source who also attended the summit said nobody raised a hand because Marathon was still in pre-alpha state and the Bungie emphasized the game was still years away. Um, like, uh, it, it's, it's, it, things are not looking well. Um, yeah. And one of the things that there was an expectation and, you know, perhaps this was misplaced trust, but there was an expectation that when a larger company comes in, to purchase a uh, like a company the size of Bungie, there's now there's a bit more capital to play with. Um, yes, and a bit more support potentially. And and I'm not I'm not putting the immediate blame on this on Sony because it's 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 too early for them to get involved in this. Yeah, I don't believe that they came in and suddenly put unrealistic expectations on Bungie because yeah. that's not quite how things work. Um, and we like they must have an understanding of how games like that, how studios like that work, and games like that work. Um, and you know the the a comparison to be made is when um, uh, like Microsoft bought um, Bethesda, for example, or even like some of the studios around it. It's not like they came through and then suddenly had to lay off eight percent of their workforce because they weren't hitting a target. Understanding around some of that is is that they said to this like that the higher ups of microsoft said to those studios saying like what game do you want to make and we'll put some money into that so you can make that thing yeah this is like not the opposite because this isn't sony saying you need to lay off like 100 people that's the thing isn't it it's not even it doesn't even seem to be a sony directive that this has happened yeah this this seems to like lay firmly at bungie's feet um and for a studio that has had some rough times over the past years in terms of like them putting out content that hasn't, that has been liked, but not loved or perhaps not quite as much as what people want or not in the way that people want. Um, like I don't know who looks at the final shape and goes like, I'm thrilled by the idea of this. Mm-hmm. It's, and and you know what do they do between now and then? They have to ex- like they've said they're going to extend out a season. Is my understanding, and the season's going to be longer, and so there's going to be less things to do in that because it's now going to take longer because they have like a hundred less people working on it overall. Um, and so it's not going to be as exciting. Like, what the fuck is the plan here? Yeah, I've also seen some things about people talking about what the final shape is what they want it to be for destiny um, in term in inside of Bungie. And they said that, you know, they want it to be a bigger moment than like the taken King or forsaken was for yep. destiny one, destiny two. The thing with those expansions was they were excellent stories and, but they were also the, the culmination of a year of iteration to help perfect what the game was after the 1.0 version of each of those games yeah. launched, you know, and so underwhelming and launches, the, we'll say. Yeah, of both of them being underwhelming launches, and they they were both they both were uh, watershed moments of now Destiny's good, now Destiny Two is good. Not only is it good, but it's great. Yeah, and that's what those moments are. Now they've been spinning their tires with 
um, you know, yearly content or sometimes a bit more than a year because of, of delays yeah. um, for a while now. They've been trying to keep up this, this cadence. And so maybe they can have this turnaround of like, oh, Lightfall wasn't so good, but now Destiny 2 is good to play again. You know, like, like they can come back around on that. But the thing is, it's full of so much baggage. Like when we think of, when I think of Destiny 2 now, it's, it's full of very complex feelings. And I know it's the same for you. I know you have complex feelings about it because of their, their content vaulting and all of that. Like you can't play the full game anymore. Um, and so it's just, it, it seems almost impossible for the amount of baggage to be overcome inside of destiny Two. And it's funny, you know, when I hear this news, as you said, the news came out and it really tanked player sentiment. And, and I was just trying to think about how it hit me when it came out and, and it, and it takes my normal feelings with destiny Two of, Oh, I'm not in it right now, but I'll come back at some point to, oh, there's a problem here, you know? Like, there's a certain amount of faith in the company on one side of that and a complete lack of faith afterwards. And and I imagine that's where a lot of the community is at. Like, it's with a game this big that we've been playing for so long, it's okay to leave it every now and then, especially when this year is so packed as it is. But for whatever reason, it's clear now well not for whatever reason because of these layoffs it's clear now that not only are people falling away because maybe it's a down year or it's a busy time but it's also there's there's problems going on here there there are deep systemic issues with how they are running their business how they are running the game and how they want to move forward and like like they they had like before these layoffs my understanding is that the size of the company was around 1200 people um huge yeah, that's a, that's a lot of fucking people. They also opened a brand spanking new HQ office, mm. huge, huge building, wonderful, exciting new building for them. Expensive new building. Expensive new building while also encouraging, rightfully so, um, uh, employees to work from home if they want. Um, yep. Because, you know, we've learned how to do that now. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to have an office. I get that. It's exciting to work in an office. I personally enjoy working in an office and working in a in a collaborative space. Not everyone does, and not everyone needs to. Um, and also, they have one. <laughs> it's not like they don't still have an office. They still have an office. Yeah, and like I don't know what you know. Like things can change. You know, maybe they had to get out of that office, or maybe the rent got increased, and there was too much for them to to. You know, th- th- there's there's reasons why they might have had to move to a different place. But they moved to like a big spot um, that they built. Right? They funded. I I I think I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on those details. That was the impression I got. Right. Um. Uh, like. On top of all of that, the the way they've been working content is is awkward and difficult for a company that size in the size of content that they want to make, right? You know, them doing an expansion and three seasons of content per year is or four is them putting. Sorry, that's right, because a season of content always comes with the launch of an expansion as well. Um, uh. You know, it's 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 them forever putting the tracks before the train as it's going the, in that like Waltz and Gromit thing, right? Yeah. Um, you eventually run out of track because that kind of stuff is not sustainable, really. Even we've even seen, you know, a company the size of Fortnite scale that back at times when. I mean, Epic. 
well, yeah, well, like like Epic Fortnite specifically, like yeah. when when um uh they when they when they sort of cut that chapter short at like at one point to to do the um five the Unreal five point one upgrade, mm. um to Fortnite, there was a feeling of like there was probably content here that was planned, and content that was teased that then got rapidly thrown like smooshed together. Mm-hmm. to then make way for this new thing because it probably made the development faster at that point as well because they're always building new tools so like there was a there was a technical reason for it and it, it's why that chapter felt awkward but yeah. they had to do that because even epic games couldn't keep that up at that point um the idea that Bungie were going to be able to continue continuously do this at the same scale and the same quality is impossible and hit Especially the same financial since, targets. And, and and you have to remember as well that when they started making this game, when after they left Microsoft in like 2011, 2012, they were with Activision. They were being bankrolled by an even bigger studio that gave them development support alongside that. Yeah. And it wasn't working for them because they had different priorities or whatever. And And they have said in the past that, you know, they're not going to be able to operate at the same pace that they did when they started because they just don't have that same juice anymore, that totally. Activision juice. It's fine. And that's fine. I think the player base has been quite accepting of that. And they've grown to accept... We've had so many expansions outside of the Activision um, pipeline now. Like, players know what that means for Destiny, and, and that has been accepted and integrated, and that's fine. Yeah. But you're right. Laying down the track as, it's, as the train is rolling... It's what they've been doing ever since the first game released in 2014. And it was subpar, and they didn't know what they were doing with, with seasons. They were paid expansions, like but they were like sub-expansions, and then there was the Taken King, and like they've been iterating and experimenting and testing, and nothing's ever landed. It's always had to continue to iterate, continue to get better, continue to falter, continue to try and change and do more and do better all at the same time. And, and it has meant that there has been no, well, no rest for one thing. And also there's been no stability in the game. Kind of like they have, they've had pockets of it and they've had um, uh, like moments where everything looks like it was going in the right direction. Right. There were, yeah. there, there were moments where they, would have, you know, like a, a big produced moment where they're like, here's our plan for the next expansion, the one after, and we're going to tease the final shape or whatever. And they talk mm. about things that are changing. They talk about where their priorities are and they are open in a PR certified way. Um, yeah, it's all scripted. Yeah, and yeah. Which they've, is, got, they've got camera friendly people there while also being the developers, which is better than nothing. Totally. And like, look, it's like it, they, they were deeper dives than, than like they were doing that for a reason. They were, they were doing a deep dive into reasons why they were doing things. And they were doing that to build up trust and faith in their, in their vision and the direction that they were going. Um, and realistically, having a weekly this week at, at Bungie like post like that isn't nothing that that that's work you need to be able to show something for that every yeah. week um and it allows people to follow along with what they're doing and it allows them to buy into like the, the bungee's decisions um yeah and they've fostered a great community along the way through their actions in that in, in these 
tasks like you like you've described. Totally. Um, and it's worth pointing out as well that they they did these layoffs like like a week before the end of the month, and in American like ways of working, which I still can't believe this is the case. In in a lot of instances, you get the end of the month's insurance, you get severance, but you get the you get insurance f- until the end of the month because in America your insurance is tied to your workplace, which is just the stupidest fucking thing in the world. And so the moment you uh, clock over to the next month after you have the next calendar month after you have been uh, made redundant or let go or fired. Mm. Um, you then are no longer insured and then you don't have health insurance anymore. Um, and so they had days, a week of insurance and that's well, it. The, f- the first of November was last Wednesday. Yeah, sorry. So days, literally days, um, which is horrid. Yeah. Um, and deliberate because the companies aren't ignorant. They know that. And they can choose when to fire people. Yeah. And they they can choose to give them further insurance if they if they want. Yeah. Um that is a decision that they are able to make. Um and they didn't. Um and that sucks. Yeah. Um yeah, it's don't trust companies, kids. Yeah, don't trust companies even the ones you love. Cuz they're just companies and mm. they will let you down firstly but also like oh, they're they, not there for you yeah, they, they they're will, not there for you they're not there for the employees they they're will, there for themselves they will fuck you yes they will fuck you speaking yes. of let's go to a break and then talk about 62 others 62 other companies yes right yes yes no let's do that bit of a jumping off point so uh yeah, yeah take a sec everyone we're gonna we're gonna do the same and we'll be right back Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. We had a brief moment of levity in the break there before getting ready to dive right back into our topic for the show today. Uh, for for our audio listeners, Jeremy's written along the. We've got a little ticker on the bottom of the screen that gives us gives topics of what we're going to be talking about today. And today it says minimap.com.au, like it always does. And then the subject line is the death of the games industry. Yes. So uh, I guess let's start that topic. Yeah. So um, inspired is is perhaps a too 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 friendly a word. Um, uh, this what we're talking about here. What 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 I'm bringing um, to the podcast for the rest of the episode is um, I, I wanted to look back at the year. Um, a little bit because there, there are there are two uh, narratives that have been sort of put forth when people are talk- thinking about this year um, in yes. games. Um, it is, and we we have we have addressed this subject a number of times. To- to- totally, totally, yeah. In passing, yeah. Um, it, it it is it is, and both of these things can be true, but but yes. there there are there are it's more than it's more than just these two things, which is that, um, in terms of releases, um, this has been an incredibly strong year in games for the the amount of high quality, critically mm. acclaimed, um, publicly received games that have come out. Um, it has been a really exciting year in the in the kinds of products that have been released 
in the games industry. Um, on top of that, um, it has been an especially poor year um, for employees um, of of uh, companies that are in a part of the games industry, for game developers around the world. Um, economically, it's been a very bad year for a lot of um, industries. Um, uh, however, um, when we are talking about, you know, people are, are you know, this will be looked at as a, as one of the best year of, of, of games looking back. And that's because when you look at games that you're muted, um, you're muted, Gary. Oh, I keep doing that. Yeah. yeah. Much like when we look at 2013 or 1998, it's like, Oh, is this, this one? Is it this one? Exactly. This will be one of those ones. And that's because when you look at the games that are coming out, you're not going to get the whole story. Um, this, should not be a year where people say this was an incredible year for games because uh, just of the sheer amount of companies that have that have um, had redundancies, um, acquisitions that are, at least um, in our opinions, are overall bad for the industry. Um, yeah. and, uh, and a number of acquisitions that have age to the point now where people are being let go as a result of those acquisitions yes. a number of years down the line. Yes. Um, and just for overall corporate greed, like just plain old, just uh, number not high enough, therefore people lose livelihood. Um, uh, but not me, and the man the, who makes the decision. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, let me be clear. The people who, who's, uh, who are unhappy that the number hasn't gone up enough are not the people that are losing their livelihood. They are totally fine, unfortunately. So I, I want to give just a, a some context. I'm going to run through the year as quick as I can. I've I've um, gathered a... Seatbelts on everybody. Yeah, I've, I've gathered a tremendous amount of data here and I'm, and I'm going to read through it because I feel like the longer this takes, the more this hits... And I think that that is important because otherwise it is almost incomprehensible. As I was putting this list together, I was exhausted by it. <laughs> um, so we're going to start in November of last year only because um, uh, of Meta, Facebook, the company which has a tremendous amount of um, influence in uh, VR Game, like VR development, hardware development, VR games. They they purchased a couple of studios over the years, and last year they also like twelve months ago. That's I think that's fair. Yeah, totally. But, but that's the only one from last year that I'm talking about, just to give greater context for some of the more recent ones. Um, but yeah, Meta announced last year that they were letting off twenty one hundred, sorry, twenty one thousand employees um, o over a year. Um, this was by and large due to Zuckerberg's complete failure of um, his metaverse, his intense investment into building this next phase of uh, humanity, which has just been a complete shambles. Um, incredibly owned up to that. Doesn't make it better. Um, fucked up a lot of people's lives by doing this um, mm. and is totally fine. Um, so I wanted to begin with that. Um, 21,000 jobs. Yes. Um, moving into January, uh, the studio Hidden Leaf Games, which is working on a game called Fangs, um, had layoffs in January. Um, that The amount of employees that were, that were let go from Hidden Leaf was unfortunately unknown. 
Riot Games in January had layoffs. They are the developers of both League of Legends and Valorant. They let go of 46 people in January. Okay. Microsoft announced that across the entirety of Microsoft, not just Xbox, they were laying off 10,000 people in January. Um, we don't know how many of those people um, were laid off from Bethesda Game Studios and the Coalition. They were hit. They were yes. They were indeed laid off. Um, and 343 were also also experienced layoffs um, in January of this year. Um, 60 people from 343 were laid off. Mm. Um, in February, there was a studio called Wicked Realm Games, which is working on one of the Star Trek games, um, a game called Star Trek Timelines. Um, it's unknown how many uh, people were laid off there. Take-Two Interactive um, also experienced layoffs um, in March of this year. Um, it was mostly due to their publishing um, departments and some corporate um, people, but there were, again, layoffs in Take-Two Interactive. Uh, Gameloft, um, who are famous for knowing, uh, f- famous for developing tons of mobile games, a lot of licensed stuff, um, they let go of 100 employees in March. Um, EA laid off 700 employees in, Mar- in March of this year as well. That oh, we, my God. We forgot about 6% of their entire workforce were laid off. Um, Ready at Dawn and Downpour experienced layoffs um, in May, uh, uh, sorry, in April of this year. Um, they were a part of Meta's eventual gradual layoff of 10,000 employees in 2023. Um, uh, there was like there were alleged reports that um, potentially one third of Ready at Dawn um, were affected by these layoffs, which is quite a lot. Um, Nexon, which is um, one of the biggest companies in the in, in in Korea, one of the biggest gaming companies that exists, they are a, a huge, huge company that deal in billions. Uh, presumably, two hundred um, employees were laid off. Then, boy, um, same studio, well, same gigantic corporation behind Dave the Diver yes. came out this year. Um, Inno Games, the developers of Forge of Empires, laid off twenty five. Um, sorry, laid off seventy five people in April. Oh. Um, in May, Kabam, the studio behind Marvel Contest of Champions, which is a mobile game, laid off 12% of their workforce. Um, the studio that is uh, controlling Gwent um, under CD Projekt Red laid off 30 employees um, mm. same month. As that, as that game was Sunset, wasn't it? it was, that was finalized. I, I, I believe so. Um, they, were, yeah. they, they were looking towards the end of that game at that point. Um, Sega Sammy, um, the, 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 the company that owns Sega, um, uh, experienced something like like a, a, a profit drop of like like they I think they lost billions of dollars over a quarter because of part of their investments didn't work out and also they were also investing in some crypto stuff at this point I want to say I don't super mm. remember if that lines up one to one they lost they laid off 121 employees at Relic Entertainment the company uh, that it works for company of, sorry the company that makes Company of Heroes um, uh, and Age of Empires four. They're really, they're a really passionate team. Yep. Uh, I mean, so many of these, so many of these developers are passionate, and, and it is their dream job. Like that, like we should say that they are more than any others. No, but like sometimes, like sometimes the studio is like there's a culture around the game that is coming out that allows excitement to to come out of that studio, right? Yeah. Um, Deck Nine Games, the studio behind the Life of Strange spinoff, experienced uh, layoffs of about thirty people, um, same month. <laughs> Brace Yourself Games, the studio behind Crypto the Necro Dancer, um, lost half of their staff due to layoffs and redundancies. Uh, the Molasses Flood, the CD Projekt Red spin-off studio, which was making Witcher games, 
uh, laid off 29 people as well. Okay. Um, Deviation Studios, um, a former Call of Duty developer game, uh, sorry, game studio that um, was PlayStation backed, currently doesn't have any games out, laid off up to 90 of their staff members. Oh. Um, we still have it. We still don't have any under, uh, we still don't know what games they're working on at the moment. Um, Ubisoft laid off 60 people in May and six people in October. Um, they are dealing in the thousands. So that's not a tremendous portion of their workforce, but it's still, you know, still people. It's still a large number. Totally. Yeah. Um, uh, Final Strike Games report, like allegedly had layoffs. This one was maybe the the most like the, the only one I couldn't really verify that I've got in here. Um, a, 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 allegedly, they were working on a an unannounced science uh, science fiction shooter for uh, for Sony. Um, we don't super know much about what's happening there, um, but allegedly they um, reduced their staff members by forty percent. Uh Play on previously Coke Interactive um, laid off five or six people. Um, again, this is quite small in compared to their two thousand employees. Um, Unity announced uh, layoffs of uh, six hundred employees. Um, again, oh. this is all also in this is still we're still in May. We're still in May. Six hundred. Six hundred employees. Eight percent of their staff. I don't even remember this. Yep. I feel so bad. <laughs> Uh, Phoenix Lab, the studio behind Dauntless and Fae Farm. Dauntless, I think, isn't doing so well anymore. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, you haven't it, always, it always did like okay for what it was, but yeah. I don't think it ever really kicked off the way they wanted it to. Yeah. Um, they laid off 9% of their staff. Um, uh, the reason I'm going back and forth in between numbers and percentages is because that's all the information we have, by the way. Like, totally. Like, they like num- number of employees at a studio, number of employees let go. It's we don't always get the clearest picture, but this is yep. about it, the most information that we have. Um, uh, uh, Dauntless was last updated on Jul- in July, right? There we go. Whereas previously it was getting fortnightly updates, it looks like. Then it went and then it quickly went to monthly, and we haven't heard anything since July. There so we that's go. Very sad. Uh, entering June of this year, um, Ludia or Ludia, the studio behind the Jurassic World Alive game, the Pokemon Go S Jurassic World game, uh, laid off fifty up to fifty five employees, and then Niantic, um, mm. the, the studio behind Pokemon Go, cancelled their NBA game, cancelled their Marvel game, doubled down on Pokemon Go, and laid uh, laid off between twenty and twenty five percent of their employees. Oh my. God, yeah, they, how they, many people do they have? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, quite a few is my understanding. Um, Let's see if I can find that. Uh, Scavengers Studio, the studio behind the game that's... I don't think, I'm not sure if this is out or if it's came out. I, I, I couldn't keep track of this one. Um, Seasons, A Letter to the Future, that like narrative game about the road trip. Um, really lovely art style. Really, really exciting looking game. Um, in June, they laid off over half of their employees and there are only 16 employees remaining. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the game band, the studio behind Blaseball, um, also had uh, a tremendous amount of layoffs. Um, this is at the same time. They shut down Blaseball. They said it was no longer um, viable for them to keep running. Um, it just yep. wasn't creating the revenue that it once was. Um, uh, so Niantic in 2021 was estimated to have around 800 employees. Uh, so that, that's kind of out of there. That's, that's far enough away that that number could have changed a lot. But sure. still, what did you say? 20%? Uh, tw- 20 to 25%. 20 
so 20 to 25% is of 800 is 160 to 200 people. Sorry, I've, I've misread my numbers. It's 230 people or 25%. Um, <gasps> yeah. Um, continuing June, we have uh, Embracer shuttering Volition in its entirety. Um, like moments after Saints Row was coming out. Um uh, Look up the size of Volition. Uh, then Fire Monkeys um, laid off two-thirds of its staff um, after EA announced that they were doing company-wide redundancies. Um, Fire Monkeys, Melbourne-based studio that um, is known for Sims Mobile um, or Sims Free Play, I believe is what it's called. Mm. Um, Bonus XP, the studio that was working on the Stranger Things game for, on mobile for Netflix, like one of those Netflix games, um, uh, that studio got shut down. Um, high res games, the team behind Smite, um, laid off just under 30 people. Uh, now into July, we have Wild Seed Games, um, which is a studio that was working on a game called Overrack. This game did not come out, and then the studio closed. I think they were working on it for, and, for a couple and, of years. You know, that that makes sense, right? You see that, and it's like, you know, you put the money into the into the thing, you put that investment, you didn't see that return on the investment. That, that makes sense, but. It's yeah. still hard. It's and, still not good. And they they were they were going for a couple of years as well. Like their game was announced and had you know mm. development updates and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I've got a number on Volition from 2021 of 236 employees. That would have been close or in the lead up to Saints Row coming out. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I imagine their their numbers were probably still in that 200 range, and they're all they were all just gone. Yeah, totally. Um, into August now, uh, Romino Games, the team behind Awesome Noughts, filed for bankruptcy. Um, Eastside Games, a team that is working that was working with um, AWE, the sorry AEW, the um, the wrestling franchise. I'm yeah. not sure if they worked on that game that just came out or if they're working on an upcoming one. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, they laid off 20 percent of their staff, which is about 30 people. Um, Blackbird Games, the team behind Microsoft, Minecraft Legends, laid off about 40 people. Bioware, making the new Dragon Age game laid off about 50 people again in August. Um, Vela Games, uh, the team behind Evercore Heroes, um, laid off about 50 people. The studio only had about 60 to 65 employees, so they were decimated by by layoffs. Um, Imaginary Studio, um, they are an ex-Blizzard employee startup company um, that they haven't announced what they're working on yet. Um Majority of their 54-person staff um, is is what was reported to come out of them. Striking Distance Studios, the team behind the Callisto Protocol that came out this year that did not do very well commercially. Whose senior leadership team already jumped ship. Yep. Um, they led off 32 people in August. Um, Double Stallion Games, um, uh, who were working on Convergence, a League of Legends story. Um, they had layoffs. The number of layoffs that were there was not disclosed. Um, then coming into... Um, September, we've got Creative Assembly, this team behind Total War, but also working on their game called Hyenas. Hyenas was cancelled. This is after Sega had more continuous losses. Um, Redundancies were there enough for them to cancel the game that they were working on. Um, No numbers were stated, unfortunately. Epic Games, the team behind Fortnite and a tremendous amount of other games, um, uh, laid off 16% of their staff or 830 employees. 
Oh, fucking hell. And this was similar to when Bandcamp was sort of getting thrown into the shit as well. Yeah, when they um, sold them off. Yeah, and this is all because of Tim Sweeney's um, failures of investment and failures of leadership. Uh, he didn't take a single pay cut, is my understanding. Uh, Fall Guys, uh, sorry, Mediatonic, the team behind Fall Guys, wrapped up in that. Um, a part of this, because they are owned by Epic, were absolutely decimated. They were acquired. They yeah. were acquired by Epic, um, and they were decimated by these um, layoffs. Um, Blizzard Entertainment, the team behind Diablo, Overwatch, Hearthstone, um, 10 members of their Hearthstone team were hit. Um, 30 employees at Roblox um, were uh, let go as well. Crystal Dynamics let go of 10 employees. Beamdog, the team behind Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition, laid off 26 staff. Probably Monsters, which had nothing officially announced at this point, um, also had layoffs around then as well. Ascendant Studio, the team behind Immortals of Avium, this is still in September, 40 employees were let go off. Oh, that was like uh, that go, weeks rather? after that game launched. Yep. Visual Concepts, the team behind Lego 2K Drive, also had layoffs, which would have been quite close to that game's release as well. Yep. Gearbox, Gearbox Publishing, following Volition's closing, also had layoffs. Um, Tell, Telltale, the team that is working on The Wolf Among Us, had layoffs. Um, they had about 10 people that were laid off according to Polygon sources. Their games are still coming out, um, as far as we're aware. Uh, keywords laid off the entirety of the Dragon Age Dreadwolf QA team. Um, thir all 13 members of their QA team were laid off, um, all of which had unionized and were supporting unions in other countries. Um, Naughty Dog let go of basically all of their contract workers. Um, this is in October by this point. Um, so this is around the time that their, uh, their factions game reportedly was yes. uh, put on ice. Yep. So they didn't let go of any of their full-time employees, but they did let go of all of their contract employees, which means that they didn't have to pay any severance on any of them. Team 17, the publisher, um, uh, Eurogamer suggested that they, about 50 employees were laid off between November as they entered a state of consolidation. Also, the CEO of Team 17 had also departed before that as well. Uh, CD Projekt Red also announced um, 100 employees, which is about 9% of their workforce had uh, had been uh, made redundant um, in October as well. This f caused a unionization to happen at, at CD Projekt Red. Mm -hmm. After the, after the release of Gollum, the team at um, Daedric Entertainment laid off 25 it's, people. It's Daedalic, isn't it? Daedalic, yes. Sorry, you're right. Um, and then Bungie, as we said in the first half of the show. There were numbers of like, and we know their QA team got hit like really hard at Bungie as part of that close to 100 people. Yep. We know their community manager management's gone, but I was also hearing things that it was it was almost every department. You know, people from art, people from code, yeah, people from PR and and marketing, like like yep. every like every department was hit from that. Um, That's Jeremy, a lot of fucking layoffs. Did you happen to total those numbers? Uh, I, I couldn't because there was a lot of just percentages and there was like, it's, it was kind of too hard to, to wrangle that. I didn't have enough information. No, I, we were easily in the thousands. I think closer to two or 3,000. Oh, I mean, you said like Epic had over 800. So like, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. 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 And then with Niantic, Volition, yeah. uh, Google, Xbox, Bungie now. Yeah. And 
like there will probably be more before the end of the year, right? Like there, there yeah. are some companies that we haven't heard from all year and there are some companies that haven't had the strongest of years. Um, we don't know. Well, that's the thing. Not everyone's releasing games this year, right? Totally, right? Yeah, like, you know, maybe like a like a Sucker Punch, for example. Um, we haven't mm. seen them in, in a minute. Hopefully, hopefully not. But, you know, when you haven't heard from a company in a, in a little while you do get a little bit concerned. Not that yeah, like, like I'm ex- like Sony Bend as a, as a similar example. Totally. Totally. Um, especially considering that, you know, it was reported that they were put on and then pulled off projects. Um, yeah. that is, that is not a, not a great direction to be heading when, when worrying about layoffs. Media Molecule had layoffs recently. Didn't Media they? Molecule also had layoffs. I, I, again, I could only get as many as I could find. Yeah. <laughs> um, they also did have layoffs. I, I forgot about them. And then you also run into the issue, of course, of the people that are releasing games this year are running up against Starfield and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and Super Mario Wonder and Spider-Man 2 and, and even even breakout hits like Baldur's Gate or Dave the Diver or El Paso Elsewhere. Like, it's great that they can break through, but there's so much noise this year. But but here's the thing. I don't, I don't think that that correlation is one-to-one. Because no, like like the games that are that are doing well are speaking for themselves. To- totally, but I think that while there's a lot of noise and the games are struggling to gain perhaps a a more standard amount of traction as they might have been able to, because there's been like tentpole esque releases um, every month or two. It feels like, or sometimes every week. Totally. Um, there's a larger issue i think here which is like a lot of the larger a lot of the companies that experience the largest volume of layoffs are companies that are publicly listed publicly traded companies yeah like ea like google xbox you said take two i couldn't believe take two is in there they like they had very few layoffs um like comparatively um but like yeah unity um, Ubisoft, yep. Embracer, um, yep. uh, even um, Microsoft as well. Um, Microsoft's uh, layoffs were also announced one year to the day that their intention to purchase Activision Blizzard came around. And that definitely took a lot longer than that expected. Not that they expected, right. like they did, I don't think they expected to close that within a year because I think they knew they were getting a fight the moment they announced this. But it definitely hurt them longer than they wanted it to. Um, yes. On top of all of this, there's been, you know, adjustments out of COVID, um, changing of, of workplace, um, p- people moving around, economy being harder to deal with, cost of living increasing dramatically, rent increasing dramatically. But it's realistically, a lot of it is about uh, growth um, and greed because uh, do you remember a single time this year that it, uh, the head of a company was like, I'm taking a pay cut? I don't remember a time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a time, but in, compar- in, in relation to all of these layoffs, there should have been hundreds of times, like, in my opinion. Like so, some of the smaller studios 
it's 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 hard to know. These are these are very small studios. I was pulling some of this information from just like ex employees LinkedIn posts where they're like, I'm being laid off with six others or whatever, right? Those yeah. are small employees. Some of them didn't even have like some of them weren't even reported on. They were so they were so small. Um however, a lot of the bigger ones, you know, I didn't hear a single time Tim Sweeney, Phil Spencer, um, any of the other like big name heads of companies were like, I'm taking a pay cut. I know some of them didn't get bonuses. That's not the same thing. It is not the same thing. Um, Especially when they're being paid more than half a million dollars a year or more millions of dollars a year for some of them. Yeah. Like that's fucked up. And have equity in the company, have a percentage stake in the company. Because Oh my God, that was the other thing with Blizzard. Do you, did you hear about the, the, the share situation with Blizzard? Uh, no, no. No, no, not Blizzard. A uh, Bungie. Did you hear about the share situation with Bungie? No. They the 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 employees as part of their employment there, they were given um, un unvested shares in the company or something like that. Un unvested, I think, was the term. Right. Which basically meant as soon as they were fired, they no longer had their shares. Right. Right. As soon and as they were let go, they made that like it, it, they basically they they rug pulled the shares. They they didn't get any benefit but, from having those along the way. But is it is it that or is it the moment that the moment that that clause in their contract kicks in, they get their shares paid out, and they and they are not allowed to continue to own a stake or not not allowed to continue the stake that they own in the company. That might Let's be see. more what it is because, like, it's not uncommon for a company to say, "Hey, you can either." like get a pay increase or a percentage cut of the company. Okay. No, no. So I've got it. I've got it here. This is so from Paul Tassie. This is sort of a, a, a dot point um, sum, summation from what he's heard from other um, sources and people that he's spoken to. Many employees had unvested shares as a result of the Sony purchase. Right. Okay. These shares would be received based on staying with the company for a certain number of years following the sale. Right. But those shares revert to Bungie if you leave even if you're fired, yeah, which right. is what's happening now to many of those affected. Yeah. Yeah. That that's not as immediately malicious. Um, however, it's No, it's 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 unfortunate, but it was like and it still once again benefits the company more than employees, which is which is the reoccurring thing here, right? Um It's also another problem to look at when talking about acquisitions. Totally, totally. Um a, a lot of these companies have a uh their priority is to the um, uh, executives who own uh, and can make decisions inside of the companies, um, managerial um, positions as well, and then to their share and stockholders. Um, they will always take care of them before they take care of their employees. And so that offset allows the company to stay at the amount that they were worth while then having to like basically offset money that they would lose by letting go of an employee, removing overhead costs on the, on their mm-hmm. employees. And it is such a, it is always the most short-sighted thing that happens. And when this happens, every time the employee will always get fucked by this. They will always, always get fucked by this. There are so few things an employee can do to try and prevent this from happening. Um, you know, obviously unionization is, is the first step to all of this, but this is like, as an industry, 
incredibly unsustainable, right? This yes. was ev almost every major company in the entire industry was hit by this or did this. One of the few exceptions, right, is Nintendo. And while I am not going to accept Doug Bowser's word that the reason there aren't unions inside of Nintendo is because um, everybody feels like they're like taken they care don't of. Need them. Yeah, like, right? Yeah. yeah, because that's not the point. And I said this last week. But the thing is, Nintendo has something like, like, like a low 90% retention rate of their employees. They have people absolutely astronomical that is that is more than almost any company i've ever heard of and it's because for the most part they take care of their employees you know the employee satisfaction at nintendo is incredibly high when you take care of your employees you have people that want to stay there for over 20 years some of them have been there for since the since the the nes right mm -hmm. not just not just you know Miyamoto, like I'm talking people that are that are not quite his high um, level, but have since grown inside of the company to higher and higher levels. What that also allows you to do is when you are making games, when you're making properties and working on, fr on, on, on properties that have been going on for that long, you have a through line of people that understand that property and can continuously make games that work on that, like work in that area that people adore, right? We mm -hmm. spoke about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Mario Wonder. Um, no other studio has that. They simply don't. And if they do, it's studios of like four or five people. Um, there are studios that have high satisfaction rates, but it's not that high. Um, th this is like how the industry dies. Th this is why I... I called this topic the death of the games industry because if everybody is so focused on this level of growth this will continually happen this is going to happen forever and then suddenly there's not going to be enough employees who are working on projects enough people are going to like start selling off their studios everything is going to be dramatically consolidated into fewer and fewer studios and then there's going to be five or six major companies that are going to own all of the smaller companies, and then the moment that happens and one major company fucks up, all the small studios get hit and they all get laid off. Further reading, see the, see the fall of the Australian games industry 15 years ago. That is yeah. exactly what happened. There was like an intense amount of consolidation under the Australian games industry when they decided to leave because the Australian game industry was too expensive for them. They shuttered all those studios and decimated the industry. It'll happen worldwide. There's no bubble that's too big to pop. No, you're right, and it's the it's the it's the it's the thing with capitalism, it, right? It, you can't have that growth infinitely because it, it doesn't work like that within our economy. No. So naturally, there comes a point where we have to. After the rise, there comes the fall, and it and it affects people every time. And increasingly, I would say, it affects the small people because a lot of the people at the top of these companies are making more money than they ever have before. And then like, as we've said, as we've alluded to, they're not giving that wealth up to help support their studios in terms of distributing that, that money to other developers to make sure they can keep more people on or whatever it, it 
is a problem. I would, I if I had to look at this situation, I would say we're looking at the shrinking of the games industry. I don't think we're going to get to the point where it goes away entirely. It's not going to die, in no, my opinion. No, like like video games won't disappear in the same way that like film won't disappear or music won't disappear. Exactly, exactly. But, or books. Yeah, but like the yeah. industry can collapse. Like you know, yes. there there can be. Like, like the industry has collapsed before. We've had the fall of the games industry before. Um, and it took a long time and it took a lot of money and for it to actually come out the way that it was. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, the 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 lead up to the to the ET video game is when that first happened, right? And that was yeah. there was a lot of things at stake there, but But people were greedy and bullish on what were yeah. promising prospects at the start of of when Nintendo, like when Mario hit store shelves or whatever, yeah, and and yeah, people paid the price for that. You're right, I, and it and it will change the industry. Is the thing it will it will it, these problems will grow to define the industry, and I think what we what we're looking at in the future, I think, is a massive, um, like the. The industry's pulling so hard towards service games in a really weird late way. You know what I mean? Like, as we've already spoken, because we were already talking about Destiny um, this this episode, like, Destiny 1 came out more than nine years ago now. And, you know, sort of redefined what, like, a, like an MMO is and what, like, a, a service, or kind of actually just defined what a service game is. Yeah, but um, between, like it, I, I just want to include, it was them and it was, like, Warframe, I want to say. Those were the two that hit at almost the same point. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, people have been, and, you know, and we've had smaller things in the middle there and then things have popped up out of nowhere, like Fortnite or Rocket League or, you know, PUBG and, and all, all kinds of stuff. And people try so hard to create this next biggest thing and 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 appointing at at games like destiny and games like fortnite being like we need that now not understanding or not caring that what they the pointing at is lightning in a bottle yeah <laughs> and so all of a sudden there's dozens of these gigantic companies pouring billions of dollars into this thing that's actually quite hard to nail down in an industry that is becoming increasingly fatigued with that business model and that game service plan, that that strategy, those sets of mechanics and those monetization strategies, where the the the, the well is drying up in that area, well before all these companies can can stake their claim. Yeah, and it is it it it's, it is what we are looking at here. We're seeing it with Bungie, literally, like this. That is this is their wheelhouse and they are losing money here by the, by the hundreds of millions, by the sounds of it. Like it's going to be fascinating to see whether either everyone pulls off the service model. So we figure it out where that becomes the only thing that this industry becomes. But what I think is more likely is going to happen is like, there will be the company. People will realize that it takes far too much investment and far too much money, far too much time to pull off in a way that guarantees a return that people will start like really backing off on it and, and, and be less bullish on this, on this idea because, but the thing is for that to happen, these companies are going to have to be burned and burned hard for them to learn their lesson. So I, I think part of that is happening this year. Cause I think that there, I think we are seeing the beginning of the shift away from the live service model. And I think, yes, it, but at the same time, we're looking at Sony like 
tripling and quadrupling down. You know, we've got Fair Games and Concord, Marathon, they're, they're, even just their investment in Bungie in the first place. All of it is looking shaky. Uh, the uh, Last of Us Factions is another example. Like, all of it's on shaky ground, and it's so much of what their future looks like. But Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I no, no, no. Like, it's, it's a good point, because, like, they are doubling down on it over there, but I think, like, a game, like a studio like... um. You know, the most recent Assassin's Creed game, for example, is the least yep. live service that 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 it's ever been. Um, well, basically, since before it was a live service game, because it turns out single-player games shouldn't be live service games. Um, you know, stuff like um, Gotham Knights uh, not, yeah. do, not doing well almost at all. Avengers shuddering, all but. Um, and... Uh, Redfall. Suicide Squad coming next year. That'll be its own teachable moment. Yeah, uh, Redfall. Yeah, like, I think Suicide Squad is is in an awkward spot where it's it's been in development for too long, um, where they've they've unfortunately committed to that horse, and it's too late to change. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's that thing of like we all sit there and wonder why did they make the, this game? Totally. You know? Of course. Um, and and a lot of it is because, like, almost so so the way capitalism works right is you've got the people at the top who have a certain amount of capital and you've got the workers below them that are making the money for the people who are owning the capital and the workers don't actually own that but then what happens is when there's not enough capital going to the people who own the capital you know the capitalists right then they cut down the wages of the workers to increase the amount of capital that goes up to the capitalists but they realize that they need a certain amount of workers to make the thing. So that that's this is where live this is where <laughs> do you know the meme about like Marx could have never foreseen um you know XYZ? It's like, it's a very funny thing where like you 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 bring up the latest like capitalist obsession and be like, you know, if Marx is so smart, how come he didn't consider, you know, NFTs or whatever? Um right. and it's it's, <laughs> it's a very tongue-in-cheek thing, but, it, but it's always like um he could have never foreseen how bad it got. Yeah. Marx could have never considered the games as a service model, for example, sure, um, yeah. where suddenly you have fewer people making more of the game over a longer period of time and mm. the capital continuously comes in, not to the workers, but to the bourgeoisie at the top. That is the, like, crypto shit and AI shit aside, one of the most wild things that capitalists have ever invented that is like the 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 greatest trick that they ever pulled was getting you to pay for the same thing over and over again otherwise you can't use it i was reminiscing the other day about in the days of adobe when you could just buy it and you owned a fucking adobe a product yeah totally you can't do that anymore now they get you every month regardless of if you use it or not yeah um and so they've allowed themselves to get to the point where they can peter out on the having the fewest amount of people working on a thing and it having make more money than it ever has before, which is fucking nuts. Yeah, it's gross. And it will. It, it was gross when it was happening, but Adobe fostered such a dependence on their software by making some of the best software out there. And, and, and it, then they decided to, to, to chump change everyone. And like, it, it didn't start with Adobe. Like, it, probably one of the earliest yeah. adopters is probably like Netflix, right? Um, which, you know, disrupted that entire industry and now have petered out the other way where they've literally run out of consumers to 
market to. Yeah. You, you know yeah. about this, how they, they've hit the maximum amount of people they're probably ever going to get because their they're, they're, uh, adoption rate slowed to the point where they're like, we've actually got everybody. Yeah, they kind of saturated the market. Yeah. And and that's why they're having to just gouge everybody that continuously is already their customer and hope that they just don't teeter that over. Yeah. Like it's yeah, not just it fucked in games. Balanced. Yeah. It's not just fucked in games. It's fucked everywhere. No. But yes. man, is it also fucked in games? Yes, 100%. I it's a weird time. Like I don't know I look at the big companies like Xbox, and we've heard a lot from Xbox this year because of the X, uh, the Activision Blizzard acquisition. Yeah. We know what they're doing for the next time. five years. <laughs> Ten well, years. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we had that gigantic leak from them. Yeah, um, We've heard a lot from them in this last uh, 12 months. And honestly, I don't know what we have to show for Xbox right now. With, for all of their investments, for all of their, you know, for the gamers mentality and talks and for their their new service model of Game Pass and their subscription um, service, it's like, what do we really get from Xbox right now? We get, we get, what we get from them is acquisitions. That's what we get the most yeah. from them. That's what they are most reliable for now. It's not, it's not, oh, a new, a Microsoft Game Studios game has released. I can't wait to play it. It's, let's see if this one, is good or not like it, it's a complete crapshoot because it seems to me that xbox's motivations aren't high quality games it's it's market domination funded by a very wealthy company in the tech industry i I, th- I think like i think that's maybe a little bit harsh in the sense that there are still high quality games that are coming out from them yes that's but- that is fair and i i agree that i what i me summarizing that way was probably a bit harsh but i I, I'm just trying to looking at the at the results and their actions and trying to piece together their motivations. I do not see them as a positive force in the industry right now. Well, no, because I like I don't think that there is a positive force in the industry. Like every single force, every single dominant force in the industry is a conglomerate corporation that is negative overall. Like I can't point to a single force that is a large company and go, oh yeah, no, that one. I think negative overall is, I think that's, uh, I think that's paradoxical in nature because if it was negative overall, then we, then there wouldn't be an industry, right? Like, like Nintendo was a big company when they started and they can't have been a negative force in the industry overall this whole time because then the industry wouldn't exist. But but I I mean, right now, looking at them right now being like, yeah, like none of these, none of these companies are like Nintendo's maybe the most, and even then they really love to fuck up a lot of other things anyway. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That like one hundred percent. At the very least, they seem to be taking care of their employees, and they are putting out um, high quality games that are like just really good, right? Um, and yeah. that's that's not the barometer, but like they're doing they're doing both, and they're doing they're doing some work for that. Yeah. Um, you can't I mean like backseat yourself to a 90% employee retention rate. Yeah, no, exactly. And and that is worthwhile looking at. And, and you know, and you look at Xbox, and then we look at someone like Sony, who more recently were looking at things like all of the weird decisions they've made in the last 18, 24 months with how they've raised their prices on their subscription service and how long it took for them to implement it and how half-assed it is. We've got their random decisions about like, 
how much their uh, peripherals cost, like the DualSense Edge and the PlayStation Portal. Things like the the PlayStation Slim not coming with a, with a vertical stand anymore. And, and like, like the only reason that we don't put them in the same conversation of Xbox when it comes to their like live service model stuff is because their live service model is just really poor. Like, yeah, it just doesn't compete. Yeah, and it's and I'm not saying that if it competed, it would it would be better overall for like the industry. But what I mean is that like it's just not really a competitor. Like that's, it's that's it, it's like they're not doing the same things. They're charging equivalent prices and it doesn't ever feel like it's really worth it in the end. Yeah. And and then we we run into the interesting situation of you, you know you're talking about and this isn't necessarily like a malevolent issue, but you know we're looking at indie developers now who are 10 plus years past the big indie boom of the of the Xbox Live Arcade era with Super Meat Boy and Limbo and and everything that and Fez and everything that went from then on. Um, you know, we're looking at the studio behind Crypt of the Necrodancer. They had to let go of half their studio. Like that's, it's amazing that they got, they were able to grow to that size. And, and the, the train has run for so long now that we've seen the effects of what happens when they can't roll out another game after they get to that size. And unfortunately it's the effect is they've had to let people go. And it's just so hard to see what the, what the positive way forward is through all this because at the same time as all of these companies are shrinking it also means that there's going to be less support for indies going out on a limb you know maybe el paso elsewhere doesn't get made in 2024 because maybe their publisher can't afford to jump on the bandwagon and help them out next year after there's a bit more shrinkage in the industry and a bit more shrinkage of capital well, like, I think thank goodness that, it could come out this year. But like, you know, what is that knock-on effect on the smaller developers too? Well, like, I, I think there are a lot more indie publishers that are at least um, taking care of their own in a better way. Um, you know, like folks like Devolver, folks like Humble Publishing. Um, like we know Team 17 got hit um, in these layoffs, but I think they're not necessarily like a, a bad place to go. Um, that like, I think... There are there is room for for those um, studios um, to find a publisher and find money and then be able to publish in a way that doesn't feel like um, they need to appease um, a tremendous amount of overlords. Um, yes, which I think is good. The the yeah. and and there are some spots in the industry that are like good places to be right like i've not heard a single negative thing about um super giant for example um yep, you know yep. like like and i'm not saying that there aren't negative things there we just we haven't heard it right things seem all right over there um i i i know we mentioned them in the layoffs but i think of media molecule too as a very positive place to work yeah yeah like, um, like as, of, as a workplace definitely and and a, and a creative place as well yes It'll be interesting to see what they become now, um, because yeah, because they've they've been experimenting with dreams for like nine years and it didn't go so well and they've hit layoffs and they're still under Sony, so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's a complicated yeah. situation to bring up. But yeah, um, whereas like and like and like any place that does profit sharing uh, does like you know co op workspaces, all of that stuff. That is like it's not again the most stable because you need to continuously release games that are making you money, but you will be treated better there overall 
then you will at one of these companies that is just going to look at you as a figure to, to hopefully make the shareholders happy. Mm. Um, it's just a, it's a, it's a bad time at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still exciting things that are coming out of like a lot of these AAA spaces, you know, like the reception overall from, from Insomniac games has been good and positive. Um, you know, uh, games like Pentiment coming out of, of of Xbox is like a good thing. That's a game that Obsidian just wanted to make and they're allowed to make it. Um, the, 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 the thing that is so unfortunate, I think, about this industry is that like... So, um, Killers of the Flower Moon just came out. Um, right, Scorsese's... Scorsese's latest... Yeah, yeah, his, his latest um, four-hour film has, has just released. Um... <laughs> It's kind of not a joke. I think it's like three and a half hours. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- like he, he's had this this thing recently. Which it's not a. It's like it's been overblown because nerds on the internet are upset when the thing that they like gets gets at at all criticized. But like his thing about Marvel movies is that you know their theme park rides and all that stuff. But what he's talking about a lot of the time is he's talking about um, cinema space. Because what Marvel, what Disney does, um, and let me let's be real, Microsoft, PlayStation, Epic, they're looking at Disney, being like, we want to be like them. Um, yeah. What Disney does is they force uh, cinemas, chain or independent, to say, hey, if you want to show the the next Captain America movie. In Which, it. of course, you do because they're some of the only things that people are turning up for. Yeah, because like, of, of course you do because it will make you a ton of money. You need to give this a certain amount of screenings, a certain amount of months, regardless of if people buy the tickets or not. You need to mm. give this time that's in your contract. Otherwise, we're not going to give them to you. If you then decide and you turn around and you say, it's not making us any money, we want to stop showing this, we'll take you to court or you won't get the next one. One of the two, you'll hate both. What that means is then films like Killers of the Flower Moon or another Scorsese joint comes out, their window in cinemas is now shrunk. Mm. And so then what the thought that tells the dumbasses in the studio is that, hey, people aren't going to see any films that aren't Marvel movies. What that does is eliminates the ability of word of mouth of a film to gain an audience uh, a new film that people don't know about that haven't heard of from a director that maybe no one's heard of before or maybe a director that they have heard of before but it's just not a licensed IP it's not a thing that you know about going into the movie suddenly can't gain traction mm. uh, the way and like I'm not saying that Apple are good in any sense of the word Apple have bankrolled Killers of the Flower Moon as a piece of media that exists they're not going to make their budget back on that it's not going to make marvel money they it'll it'll probably make money it's not going to make marvel money it's not going to make star wars money they're not making prop franchise money and they know that but they at least put it together because sometimes you can pay for something just because you want it to exist right where does that exist in the games industry Uh, I mean, I think it does happen, but 
It's hard with... It doesn't come from the top, right? It doesn't come from the top no. dogs and it doesn't come from the ones that can afford to just do that all the time, right? It happens occasionally. It, like Pentamin, I think, is a good example of that. Dreams, I think, is another example of that where they're like, you've got a runway. You've got a budget. Make something cool. See what changes. See what works. Whereas now they're like waiting for a small team to make a thing. Let's buy them up. Let's get them cheap. Let's hopefully build it up. Hopefully it works. If it doesn't, we'll kill it. Doesn't matter. Well, yeah, let's buy them up and then hopefully their return their return on investment is 10x or whatever, you know, yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah, something like, like and, and, a, a Minecraft is a good example of that working out for them, right? Them looking at that going like, let's try and do a thing and see if it works. Whereas, yeah, totally. Um, sometimes it just becomes consolidation, right? You know, sometimes it's just like, you can do that for a, like, Epic goes out and buys the team making Fall Guys, which is, I think, another good example of this, where they're like, hey, this thing really worked. We didn't make this thing, but you made this thing. Let's buy this thing, give you a bit of money. Oh, we're not doing so well this year. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's like the promise of support, but it then also becomes the promise of of, yeah. of the, the guillotine, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's a little different with with games and movies when we when we think about like how how cheap can you can you run to start a project as a as a as a game studio you know like games take more hours to make yes. at an independent level than movies do and subsequently because of that they take less cash um and not necessarily i'm sure there are films that are that you know take more t- more time or more money to make than than an independent game but as a whole on average games are more difficult i would say to make require more personnel uh, and a higher budget because of that to make at an independent level and so because of that it's even harder to get something off off the ground unless you've got you've got uh you know venture capital or you've got uh some sort of sponsorship from from a publisher or or maybe even some other brand or investor or something like that and then all of a sudden you're on the hook or, you know, or or it's Kickstarter, or it's Patreon, or it's me and my but mortgages being. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Being, or it's my buddy and I worked for six years as yeah. a, as a second job, put a, put a lien on our homes, and yeah. then it paid off, or it didn't. Yeah, to the point where we hopefully broke even. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> like it's so dicey. It's such a risky industry. I mean. And and that's what these companies are betting on, right? And that's why it's going so badly because a number of these bets aren't paying off. This live service thing, a key example. And and like a lot of the like you know Microsoft's its own weird thing because they have different metrics for profits and all that stuff, and it's way harder to read there. But like you look yeah, at a game, so big. And and but you look at like PlayStation, which is still huge, but th- yes. every one of their games needs to get mega bucks. It needs to make. Yeah. It needs to make it back. It needs to make the entire marketing budget back, which is sometimes half of the cost of the game. And it needs to then make some on top of that as well. You know, yeah. that is it's why... It's yet, right? Because PlayStation is keeping Sony afloat. Whereas like Xbox, while it's not as big in the industry, is part of a much, much, much larger company with Microsoft compared to Sony. Kind of. I mean, Sony have a lot of hands. Like they've got cameras and they've got like they've got all their music stuff and they've also got Sony pictures and they've also got TVs. Like it's Sony still yeah, I big. just know that the sentiment around a lot of those products is that they have not been doing anywhere near as well as PlayStation has been doing for Sony by I, comparison. I, I think that's true. But I think the thing is, is that like PlayStation is so much more riskier, right? Like it is like if, cause days gone made money back, 
definitely made a profit. Uh, yeah. Like not a not a success in Sony's eyes. That's not enough. Yeah, you're, you're like not- they're, they're spending Marvel Studios amounts of money on these titles. Like we know that from the court cases. Like, yes, what, yeah. Was it two hundred and twenty million for, for for Horizon and and for Last of Us over like five years each yeah. of them? Yeah, like you're right. That's a huge risk. Yeah, and when it does like and when it doesn't pay off, like everybody there is going to feel that pain because it's yeah. it's not going to. It, it, it doesn't get localized, it doesn't get centralized, and it doesn't say, like, hey, everybody, uh, like, you know, CEO should have decided or she, CEO should have known that this was not going to pan out. Um, we're going to hang it on them first and, and then go from there. Like, yeah. that's not how that works. Yeah. Sam makes an interesting question in the in the live chat on Twitch. Do you think the industry might actually continue to grow, at least in audience size, as millennials and younger people age or the younger audience age and grow into the audience uh for for games i guess i i don't think so um because the thing that's hooking younger audience is not the same things that was hooking us when we were younger you know like ps2s and ratchet and clank like that was that was what grabbed me when i was growing up in zelda and i don't think that the the industry is more established since then and it's not quite the 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 cool thing that's coming up like it was 20 years ago um so I think for it to penetrate the market, I mean, and they did do that a bit with Fortnite, you know, Fortnite really, and, and, and Minecraft, Minecraft and Fortnite really ingratiated themselves into, into the youth of that generation or that time period at the time. Um, well, Rob, and, sort of and Roblox is that for the current one. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I, Roblox has been around, been around for so long. I, I don't know how much it, I, I have no idea. It's such a blind spot for me, honestly. Um, so I'll, I'll just say I, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I don't think we're seeing the same amount of growth like that, like we were getting um, maybe 20 years ago. I mean, that said, people, you know, you hand a seven-year-old a Switch and I'm sure they're going to love it. Yeah, I, um, I think I think Roblox is is that actually just for the younger generation. We just don't hear about it. Like, yeah, it's it's like... We're out of touch. <laughs> well, like, well, like, but it's, it, you know, it's, it's a different audience, right? Like I've, I've got a stat here that says 67% of users are under the age of 16. Right. Yeah. You know, wow. That's huge. It's got five point seven. Oh, for Roblox, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's got five point seven million concurrent users. Um, Whoa. Yeah, like it's 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 big. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It's 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 mega bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know they do have more tech literacy, and 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 then it becomes that thing of you know what is a gamer, you know, because you know the audience that we think about when we think of like gaming audiences as people who buy a console you know but for a long time the 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 definition of what a gamer is is someone who installs a an app that is a game on a phone yep. you know and then you're a gamer in like some in in the market size so um the the appeal is broadening i don't know that the audience for say sony or microsoft or nintendo with these gigantic like nine figure bets that they're making with with their triple a quadruple a games i don't know that the audience for those products is going to get especially large or appreciably large um very quickly anytime soon i don't know if i agree only because i think like i think it's just you know like while yeah like you know like audiences are different and like you know there's there isn't a like a there is maybe an appreciation for fewer games than when we were kids. I think that those larger games are the things that we're talking about when we're talking about 
you know, Marvel movies being the only thing that exists to most people, right? You know, like mm. I, I will go out and watch like independent movies, but like most people won't. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but they still exist for people like you or I who are like, you know, trying to keep our fingers on the on every pulse in this industry. But general audience is like, hey, like I know Fortnite, I know Roblox. Um, grandma buys me Roblox cards. Yeah. Um, that's like a thing that exists. Or like at- NBA, you yeah, know, yeah. All, EAFC. All, 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 the, all the sports games, right? You know, like that's another thing. And so there's no, um, I, I think that that's where that like, cultural hegemony will begin like has begun to exist is that fewer games having more and more people and more and more ways to continuously connect with that thing right that that was the fortnite business model was like come back every other week and there's a different licensed property that gets thrown into the middle of our game and it'll disrupt everything and next week it's dragon ball and next week it's star wars and and what if we've got our cultural hegemonies in our cultural hegemonies, right? You know, you can you can just yeah. start to consolidate all of that stuff to the point where it's not even about games anymore. You know, yep. while I will forever disagree with him, Tim Sweeney continuously say Fortnite isn't just a video game, um, or rather, he's saying it's not a video game. It's saying it's a you know it's a, it's a place to hang out, and that's that is true. But I disagree with his 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 point of question on it. The claim that it's not a video game is incorrect. Yeah. It's a video game where you can hang out. Yes, totally. So, like, I think that, like, that is important, again, that, that I think there are just fewer games that more people are getting involved in. Um, yeah, yeah. And, it, like, it's, it's, it's you and I complaining about YouTube, right? It's fewer channels that more people are watching than ever. It's mm. fewer movie studios that more people are, are watching those movies from because all anyone goes to the cinemas, like you said, is is to go see Marvel movies. Why, why else would you go? There's, like, they are the bigger ones because that's all people can see mm-hmm. um, because the people behind it are forcing you to only see these ones. Yeah. Um, it's it, like, it, it will only get worse. You have to it's, actively fight against it to do it. It's why it's so hard to find fucking new bands sometimes. The same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's so hard for creatives to work in these industries when it requires you to become so profitable and to work within these capitalistic societies because the teams with the passion aren't doing it for the pay. But then they have to because it's so expensive to make what they want to. It's it's a really tricky balance. And it, and it's not a new one, as you said. It's 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 not like it hasn't been a part of 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 music and of films and and of, of authors for for decades. Um, but you can see the, you can like, you're like sitting at the edge of the slide, right? Like that's yeah. where we're at the moment and you can see the bottom and what's down there is way fucking worse. Yeah. I don't think it's the death of the industry again. I just want to reiterate that, but it will be, it will redefine the, if we, if, if there is something of a, a burst bubble effect that happens um, as a result of all of these declining scenarios and a number of, if, 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 if things go continue to go this way and, and bets continue to not pay off the industry, I think will be able to be reborn. It, it has done so and it will continue to do so, but it will look substantially different in a way that I don't think we can um, really comprehend yet. I'm sure we could guess, but like it's, it's the, the lessons that, the, the gigantic companies learn and the lessons that the people offering free game engine software for indies to use learn unity 
like who knows what the 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 the, the conclusion of of these failed bets is that the, that these companies draw but i i think i that you also like i don't think it will like burst one day i don't think that that happens no, but what I mean with like a burst though is like we had like a tech burst, but you know, we phone phone usage is as big as it's ever been. You know, there was a massive internet bubble burst in nineteen ninety fucking whatever. Sure. But like, you know, that didn't stop the the tech industry from rebounding. No, but the 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 structures that are in place to protect the the to protect the system from allowing itself to not be the only thing left, I think are stronger than they have ever been, right? It's yeah. like, it's, you know, Disney will never disappear. They are not a company that ever disappears. The independent film scene can disappear. You know, A24 can be the only one that exists and then they can get shuttered because they're the only one that exists because, you know, Disney have bullied every other studio um, or or bought every other studio. Yeah. Um into making sure that the theaters are only playing Disney movies no matter what, you know, they can just start releasing their own theaters. You know, it's, it's the, 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 the slow death is not the death of like the industry as a whole, but it is unable to get away from the center point of, of like money and power. Right. Can oh you, yeah. No, totally. Like, can you imagine, um, starting up a uh, online store that like sells goods, right? No, Amazon will just absolutely decimate you or buy you, right? Like yeah. it just, it just like, that is just the way that works. You mm-hmm. can't start up another bank. You can't start up another uh, company. Supermarket. Yeah. Like there, there are like, there are just fewer and fewer of those companies that exist. And sure, they like, they won't, like, you know, supermarkets won't go away. People still need to buy produce. People still need to buy stuff you buy at a supermarket. But there will only be one. And that is the death of the industry. It, yeah, in a sense. Like, I don't think we'll stop playing. I don't think games will stop releasing. But it's kind of, it's the death of, like, the creativity of the, of yeah. the, of the life, the, the joie de vie of the industry, well, I would say. It, it'll be, like, the big three studios... And that'll be it at some point. I mean, I think Microsoft wants to kill kill PlayStation. I don't. I don't think they want to have competition. Well, no, but so, but, but I mean, like, if if we still got the big three, that will even be something. Eventually, it'll become the big one, right? Like that's that's where the death of that is, right? It's it's the culmination of Microsoft, Nintendo, and PlayStation. It's the culmination of Disney slash Twentieth Century Fox, comp, like owning. Uh, like Uni- Warner Brothers, Universal, and Warner Brothers, and HBO, and Netflix, and all that stuff. It's Amazon's basically already done it. The only other competitor they've got is Wish, and that's because they can't compete with you know like the dramatic, uh, like d- decreased cost of everything that that happens over in China. Yeah, um, it happens everywhere. It it will, and you're right. It's kind of happening at the same time in a lot of these industries. At it, once, it's happening you know, like- all at once. Like looking at Marvel, you know, we've got this effect of like, you know, riding so high after Endgame and things being so rocky ever since where where faith is really shaken and we don't know what's going to happen next. And there's a bit of a like, ooh, 
And I feel like we're looking at that with this with this shrinking that's happening in the games industry, which feels a bit like a response to everyone increasing game spending over the course of COVID and then studios getting bullish. Like, I wonder if this is the, the shrinking that was happening after all that growth that we saw um, in 2020 and 2021 in this industry specifically. I think that this was actually due then, but then something happened. We had COVID and oh, suddenly yeah. the industry was able to adapt in a different way. That artificial bump. Well, yeah, it was like there was a speed bump that was suddenly in the road that everybody had to like slow down, right? Because in a in a more in a version of the world where COVID didn't happen, you know, we had the the current generation of consoles like probably a year and a half prior. You know, we had a different Nintendo Switch already. You know, everything looks very very different, but the speed bump weirdly enough slowed down that capitalist hellscape that we're still hurtling towards. Yeah. Um. And now everyone is just playing catch up. Yeah. Totally. It was always going to happen. Yeah. It just got delayed a bit as COVID. Yeah, totally. COVID delayed everything, including capitalism. Yes. Which is fucking wild. It is. I mean, none of all of these things that we're talking about, economies and, and, and sort of ways of running our society, uh, you know, they're all social constructs run by people, right? And people were hit with a fucking existential crisis in a pandemic. So um, I'm not surprised it all slowed down. It all kind of had to, you know, all of the all of the the higher the higher priority of needs started coming first before all of our other bullshit that we put our time into outside of that. When it's all sorted, join your union, start a union, go to your local union meetings, mm. talk to people, meet people. Don't I don't know, Jeremy. That that sounds like a lot. Don't give up. Talk to people, meet people. Blech. Oh, it's so good though. <laughs> hey, it's me. Um, I just wanted to jump in here really quick just to cite the sources um, from the different articles um, of all of those uh, layoff news posts because um, I think it's important um, because there was a lot of good writing, especially from places from like like Game in, uh, uh, GameIndustry.biz and Game Informer and Kotaku and Polygon and IGN. Um, so I just want to shout out uh, all of these uh, publications for actually recording a lot of this information. Um, so those were Polygon, GamesIndustry.biz, Kotaku, Reuters, Eurogamer, Video Game Chronicle, PC Gamer, GeekWire, Game Developer, VentureBeat, Pocket Gamer, The Verge, The Irish Examiner, Game Rant, Game Informer, LinkedIn, MobileGamer.biz, Variety, TechCrunch, IGN, uh, Game World Observer. Uh, CNBC, The Korea Times, uh, and Xbox Era. Uh, well, everyone, I'm not sure what the uh, what the conclusion from that is. If there is one, join your um, union. That's that's the conclusion. Join your oh, union. Oh yes, but yes, that's where Jeremy's laying it out for us right yeah. now. Yes, uh, sorry, I I am not taking that away because I think every time I think of that, I'm like, oh, I'm freelance. Oh, I don't know. Am I media? Am I written? Am I read? And I just don't do anything. So that was that was my denial <laughs> coming to the surface. There, sorry about that. Um. We're going to wrap it up there, folks. That's it for this week. Who the fuck knows what we'll talk about next week? Like, we've we've been kicking this can down the road of, like, putting putting the actors from Breaking Bad into games and, and what do we think of that? And that's just... We have pushed that by one week for the last, like, eight weeks. Um, so who knows what'll, what'll, what we'll be talking about next week. We didn't know we'd be talking about this seven days ago, and yet here we are. So um, whatever we're talking about next week... I hope you join us. Be sure to join us when we're back for the mini map cast. 
if you want to stay across our socials and when we're posting new things and going live, you can follow all of our social accounts at minimapau. You can also follow us on Blue Sky uh, under minimap.com.au, which is the same as our website, minimap.com.au. Hey, you can head to minimap.com.au for absolutely everything else Minimap related, um, like our other podcasts, like our game club and our pop culture kissability ranking podcast that's there. Um, our latest articles like my Ghost Runner 2 review or our PAX previews are all up on the site. Uh, yeah, speaking of social media, you could follow us all individually. Jeremy, where can they follow you on the things? Uh, at Obi1Jez or jeremy.minimap.com.au on Blue Sky. You could follow me at kjpalmer underscore 24 on Twitter or without the underscore 24 on Blue Sky. Uh, yeah, for those of you that are live with us on Twitch, hanging out in the chat, feel free to stick around. We're about to start the post show. Uh, if you're listening later, please make sure to give the show a positive rating wherever, it, wherever you're listening to us. Uh, those oh so tasty five star ratings. It helps us out a lot in searching, search ratings and algorithms and all of that nonsense that we, we work within. Um, and yeah, if you're free next Monday night and you want to join us in chat for the live show, uh, we'd be happy to have you. Lastly, you can support us on Patreon if you want to help keep the mics and lights on. You can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash minimapau. And for five Australian dollary dues, you'll get 24 hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap cast, as well as more benefits, all while helping us out greatly. That'll do it for this week. Stay safe, everyone. I hope next week we come in with more pleasant news. And until then, uh, happy... Gaming. Happy gaming. Uh, just before we go, I know what we're going to talk about next week. Oh my god, what is it? Um, Epic versus Call Go- of Duty Modern Warfare 3. No, Epic versus Google's antitrust trial begins today. Um, oh. So uh, catch us uh, next week. Um, no. talk, talk, talk about that. Um, anyway, Not we'll see you next week when, we, when we want to talk about um, Epic and uh, no. Epic and Google Not more court drama. taking each other to the no. court.